0: Real men are going to take that civic center apart, and then we're all going to be over a rodeo, woo, driving the women wild. Miami Beach,
1: get ready. Woo. We are doing it, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Jerry tells the jokes, Dean sings the songs, and gets the girl. But well, one time I wrestled a giraffe to the ground with my bare hands. I've been called the songbird of my generation, by people who've heard me. Honey, do you think KFC's still open? What is up, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of the Victory Bells Podcast. I'm Will McKay, and joining me from across the way, as always, is Matt Clare, and uh, only getting about two weeks away here from uh, Texas Tech football season getting started. I saw the other day where I believe it's only 10 days until uh, the actual season gets started, so... I tell you what, man. It's been uh, it, it's been one of the shortest off seasons I can ever remember, and I think thankfully. And uh, but it, it always kind of surprises you how quickly it kind of jumps and jumps up and bites you. But uh, but it's here, man. College football's here.
0: Absolutely. It's uh, what do we say? the Tickers down to like what tomorrow uh, will be? Seventeen days or something yeah, like that. Yeah, when,
1: when you guys hear this, it'll be seventeen days. So so yeah, I mean you're less than three weeks out, which uh, always. Uh, I mean this is when you kind of start figuring things out and you got kind of to get a good idea about stuff but uh, but yeah I mean I'm super excited and I know uh you are not just about you know college stuff but high school stuff would actually starts uh, starts up next weekend.
0: Yeah, you and I were chatting about that. We're going to be in the Dallas area, hopefully check out some of these tech commits and you know see what all we can fit into those couple of days there. Um but yeah, I know I'm going to I'm going to be in Frisco to see the the two linemen uh there and then you know the the night before that i'm going to try to get out and see john davis and uh, and his teammates take on broken arrow from oklahoma so it should be a fun weekend uh you know you 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 want to get out you want to see everybody but uh you know that's that's where we're going to start um and and yeah i'm excited i mean all the practices and all that's fun to watch but you know at some point in time you know you like to to see the actual game where they're trying to rip each other's heads off that's uh, a little more entertaining
1: yeah, and that's uh as far as the college thing, that that's kinda where you get even you know, I know they're they're only a week and a half into, into into fall camp, but you only got, you know, a week and a half left. And I think at this point even they already kinda get tired of beating on each other and, and I think guys are already kinda ready to get into game week and I know that's kind of a balancing act for you know, for coaches and whatever they get on to do, but uh, but yeah, I can't get uh, can't uh, can't wait to get things started, both uh, high school and college football season, and uh, like I said, I know you're going to be out there in Dallas next weekend to see a couple commits, and I'm going to try to make it out there as well, whether it's the same games or a couple different games, and and the interesting thing right now is, you know, it's about 50-50 between DFW and uh, Houston, San Antonio, you know, where guys, where guys are committed, so got kind of a big area to go see guys, but, uh, but yeah, excited to go see. All these guys that are committed to Tech, and uh, and speaking of, you know, first thing we wanted to hit on this evening was uh, the newest Texas Tech commit, which is Pasadena Sam Rayburn 2018 Rivals 100 running back uh, Stanley Hackett, who you got the chance to go and see on on Tuesday afternoon, Matt. So so first, I guess, uh, I guess even before we get into you seeing him, I guess, what's just kind of your thoughts on getting the commit, one that was you know a surprise for all of us, but I think one that everybody's pretty you know excited about.
0: Yeah, I mean, surprise is the big word there. I mean, I honestly, when, uh, when AD had texted us that Hackett committed, I had to do a double take because, um, I was like, well, wait a minute, Hackett, it, Hackett. It. The, the, same, yeah. the kid that was just named, you know, top one hundred in the nation, you know, two days ago. So I mean, I I had to do a double take, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you and I had been hearing the same things. You and I had been pushing that same message this off season. Uh, as soon as Coach uh, Foster arrived, that was okay. He's here. Um, they held on to Ward. Now he's going to wait until uh, spring camp to really evaluate the room. Spend the offseason looking at that and just really see what's out there um, throughout the camp season in terms of running back prospects for the 2017 class. Well, nobody's received an offer. Nobody's really being recruited hard. Um, you know, obviously, if there's a you know super recruit out there, would they take them? You know, maybe. But but we've been hearing they might just take a pass in 2017 and focus on 2018. And I just think that that's a product. You know, this is a product of them saying, Hey, we're okay with what we have. We're gonna pursue some of these bigger guys, some of these top guys for twenty eighteen, see if we can get our guy. And and not only did have they gotten their guy and hack it, uh, but now we're hearing that, that they're possibly open to taking a, a second guy in twenty eighteen. So, you know, with so much time left, the, the possibilities are, are there. But you've seen coach uh, you know, we we know that we mentioned twenty seventeen, but all the offers, all the recruiting activity has been you know over the past month or two it's been the 2018 class we we gave you guys a feature on Kirby Bennett the kid from Allen, uh, who everybody has listed as an athlete, but again, he's going to play running back. I think it's very fair. You could probably say the same thing about Hackett after I saw him today. Uh, but then again, you have the, the other new offer, uh, actually pretty recent here in the past two weeks to AJ Carter, uh, out of Louisiana in the 2018 class, just another big kid for his age already. I want to say six, two, almost 200 pounds. I think, actually, uh, I, think, more.
1: I think he's bigger than, uh, I think he might actually be bigger than Stanley. I think he's, like, listed at, like, 6'3", 215, or, like, 218. So I think he's a pretty big kid already.
0: Yeah, I couldn't remember off the top of my head, but you're probably right. But, yeah, definitely big for his age. And, and so you see the trend there. Um, and and I guess, you know, just kind of circling back to, to Hackett, you know, Again, anyone who lives in the area or anyone that, that's familiar with Sam Rayburn, I mean, it's it's not going to be a team that knocks your socks off. And, you know, I could see from the parking lot which one Hackett was because it's not a, a very big team. Uh, but, I mean, he's every bit of the 6'3", 195 already. And you could just see, I mean, he's still 16, 15, 16 years old. I mean, I didn't ask him exactly, but he's going into his junior year. So let's call it 16. I mean, I bet you, you know, if I were to go back this time next year, I mean, that kid's just going to look like a freak of nature because uh, he just he uh, he reminds me of, uh, you know, a lot of these guys that, that are so used to having the ball in their hands on every play. I mean, I go back to a guy we talked about last week, like a Giles, whether he was playing quarterback or they motioned him out to do something you knew. That he was getting the ball, you but know, going to so be a centerpiece. Oh, yeah, what and, and so even even today, they know, you know, even as they're doing an inter squad scrimmage. Okay, well, the ball's probably going to Stanley. He's probably running left, or he's probably running right, or he's probably going to catch a screen. You know, but that didn't mean that they would stop it every time, and it it just looked like he was, you know just in another gear um and today um that it's been raining for two three days straight here in houston so the field i mean we're all just in you know in in mud up to our ankles uh basically so i'm, I'm gonna put together some clips you guys will see what i'm talking about uh you know whether you see that first or you listen to this and, and see it after but uh but yeah i mean i just think that uh You know, getting on him early and and really changing that type of back that they use in this offense. I mean, that could be scary. Um, You you look at some of these bigger backs. I mean, and I know there's no direct comparison, so so don't get me wrong. Uh, But but look at these some of these kids that Alabama brings in, and you look at them on paper, and you're like, that's not a running back. Yeah. Uh, But they you know they get those tough yards. They get those those yards that aren't as glamorous, and then they just wear you down. And I think if you were if a coach like kingsbury can figure out how to incorporate that into that what, element, into yeah. the mojo they already have going on in offense i mean look out uh now obviously defense is another portion of that complete package but just speaking on offense i mean if you could get a bigger guy like that to just start punching people in the mouth uh right behind left guard or right guard um, and 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 add that to a guy like a Pat or a Jet doing a zone read—that's just going to be pretty nasty. Especially when you always, you're—I mean, they're always going to have a change of pace guy like a like a Ward or like a Dolphin, you know, for the next couple of years. Anyway,
1: you're right, traditional air raid guys, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so you know, you mix it in with a guy, you know, like I saw today. Who can just get the ball, put his head down, and run people over? Um, you know, that that's going to be a pretty nice combination. That that's going to be something that's hard to plan for. You know,
1: and yeah, right. And I think too, even when you look to last year and what they would do with times at a guy like uh, DeAndre, who obviously is a, is a guy that's a short guy, but but I think he doesn't get near the credit from a lot of people for the kind of physical runner, running back that he was um a year ago because he's a guy you could just give the ball to and he was gonna get four five six yards whether it was in the inside or outside and uh a lot of times they they started running a lot of this pistol stuff and uh they started putting a fullback in the backfield i mean you think back to that texas game and that that kansas state game where they just kind of you know let deandre do his thing and, and he had you know the best two games of his career you know yardage numbers wise and and they just lined up a lot in the pistol and put a fullback in and and, and you know kind of went slower and let him kind of run all over the field you know so so I think that's definitely something that uh is an element of the offense that I think uh Cliff and 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 Morris and and all the rest of these coaches on offense are very interested in and and I think you see that too with how much they're running play action now so so I think that's kind of the next evolution of this offense is adding a guy like like Hackett or or another guy like we talked about like AJ Carter and I think the top two those are the top two guys they would like to have if they're going to take two in 2018 so so just it's, it's just interesting to to see the evolution of what they want to do with the offense, and on top of that, I mean, I think you give a lot of credit to Deshaun Foster, and and the first guy he ever gets to commit is you know a rivals one hundred guy, and and you spend some time around him too, Matt. But I think he's a guy that I talk to these guys on campus like Stockton and, and Quentin White, and 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 just talking to those guys, I think any time that he speaks, you know, they you know shut up and kind of perk up their ears pretty high because you know he's a guy that spent you know forever in the league and and was a starting running back on an NF on a Super Bowl team so right a guy that I think guys really pay attention to and respect and, and want to learn from
0: no i i agree with all of that and i think that um I mean, if, if you remember back to the intro piece or the, or whatever you want to call it that I did on Foster, um, you know, it's the same thing. We alluded to, you know, maybe not taking him back in 2017, but also look at the type of backs that he was recruiting at UCLA. And if you just go back and you look at a kid that was out of the Plano area, so, so Jamabo, I mean, that's a kid that's listed now at six three two ten. And he was another rival's one hundred type kid, um
1: and he was their backup running back last year e-
0: exactly and 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 you can use him in a number of ways in that type of offense as well and I mean just, just I, I mean again I could go I could start naming a bunch of kids, but Forget about all the other stuff. Forget that it's an early commitment. For, you know, a lot of people are hung up on the offer list and, and I don't know why. Um, my, you know, our buddy, you know, for another website, Brian Peroni, um, you know, we're close because we both live down here in the Houston area and he puts together a, you know, here are the 2018 kids that don't have offers type of list. And I mean, he looked back, uh, I ran into him in a practice the other day and he was, we were chatting and, and, uh, he, he looked back at the same content piece he put together last year. And of those kids that he had listed, I think he maybe might have done 10 or 15. I'm not sure. Um, but, but out of those kids, you know, three of them were guys like a Grant Delpit who just blew up. Exploded, uh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and like two or three other guys like that who are like four star national guys now. And it's not because you're not good enough to get that offer. It's just some of those bigger schools. I mean, they're not making these early offers unless you're really making the effort to get out on. there. Yeah, there's no incentive for them to offer super early. You know, Texas Tech has a different playbook, you know, obviously. And uh, so, so that, you know, you see a lot of that. But I guess what I, my point is forget all that. Okay. You got a kid who's super talented, six foot three, 195 pounds, 16 years old. I mean, as long as he makes his grades and continues to work at the football thing, I mean, you're talking about a kid that's coming out six three two ten, boom, right away. I mean, there's your guy right there. Um, and, and you're talking about a kid who, you know, let's say knock on wood, everything happens and he gets onto campus, you don't have another one like that on campus. So immediately no, unique, when we're yeah. having this Exactly, when we're having these fall camp conversations or we're talking about, hey, who in the blah 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 class is gonna do what? Well, it's not a question. It's that you know, that kid is going to play. You know what I mean? Ooh, and there's yeah, no absolutely. reason to redshirt them.
1: No, <clears throat> excuse me. No, it absolutely is. And, and I think it just means a lot to say that, uh, you know, that, that I think that that speaks to a lot like what a guy like TJ Vasher is, is you know, doing right now, you know, in fall camp and what he's kind of done. Uh, because he's, he's a guy like that, like you said, that that is just a totally different guy from anything else you have on campus, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it happens again. I mean, all that to say, I mean, it's so early, and we said it last time. I think I think we said it perfectly last time. Uh, you know, are these guys going to – we we even we started talking about him again earlier for whatever reason. Are they going to be like a Tristan Wallace or a Colin Wilder? Right. Are they going to be a Jack Anderson or a Corey Dolphin? Only time will tell. Nothing that you and I say or do will change right. any of that.
1: And the whole no offer, no other offers deal, I mean – Corey Dauphine didn't even have a rivals profile when Mike Jinx offered him, and when he committed, yeah. he had to create a profile, and then he exploded, right? After. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't know worried about any of that, and I'm telling you, you know, look, I'll put it this way, and any anyone listening to this, think about it. I, I can go to any high school I want to at any time, right? Maybe that's a douche way of saying it, but I'm a recruiting reporter. It's part, I don't have an, part of what we do. Yeah. yeah I, usually I have an agenda. I want to see this kid or, hey, I live in Pearland. It's easy for me to go to Manville or Pearland or Hightower or something similar. Right. Right. Um, it, it, you know, you don't usually it's not a complex thing. You know, you don't see me way too off the beaten path unless, hey, I'm going to see this kid or that kid or the other. So, you know, we can get on into all those specifics later. But think about that. I live here. So if you're a college coach, you're Foster, and you cover Houston, or whoever you are, and you cover Houston for Tech or whatever school you recruit, are you going to stop by Sam Rayburn? Is that going to be no. on your yeah. <laughs> GPS that day? And and think about it when you're in, for those that may not be from Houston, Sam Rayburn, if you think of Houston as one big circle, that's going to be on the, the, on the very east side of town, southeast side of town. So – Where else are you going that's in that area? And I can tell you right now, the people that are listening that know Houston, other than maybe North Shore, a couple exits up the highway – I couldn't tell you of any real talent rich programs that are over there. If you're in Houston, you're either up north, you're in the heart of the city, or you're down south in my neck of the woods, going to the Manvilles, going to the Pearlands, doing some stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's it. So there's, it's just, I can't imagine that a lot of coaches have been down there to see him. And if they do or if he puts together some good tape this year, it's, you know, an early commitment to Tech Tech, as we've seen, is not going to stop some of these other schools from saying, hey, we want you. And, and yeah. especially I think, you know, again, it's one practice and it was in the mud. So I can't come on here and say, Oh yeah, that I saw a Ravels 100 kid right off the bat. First of all, I don't do rankings. So there's that. But second of all, I mean, look, he looks the part. I can tell you that I can tell you this is a four star player. I cannot tell you that six months from now, he may not be the 160th best player in the nation. I can't tell you any of that. But what I can tell you is that's, there's a, that's my theory on why he doesn't have more offers. Is simply, Where he's at? yeah, Yeah, they had just had a coaching change. Who do coaches call? Who do they talk to? They're not sure. Um, the coaches have been there, you know, maybe since the end of last spring. And that's it. Um, and the team won like two or three games last year. There's not, you know, there's not even some maybe offers on the rest of the team. And, and I'm just, you know, I'm not being ugly. I'm just being keeping it real, it, yeah. you know, yeah,
1: no, no, absolutely. And uh, that'll be the thing, man. It's, it's, it's like we said, you know, Last week, and we've said in everything, you know, there's still a year and a half to go in his recruitment, and you'll obviously see how it plays out here over the next uh, the next year and a half. So uh, certainly going to be interesting to see that. But uh, he was the only commit we really wanted to talk about tonight, obviously as the newest guy. But but what we really wanted to kind of get into uh, is kind of the main uh, kind of the meat of the program, I guess, if you will, was uh, just kind of how some of these freshmen, these true freshmen, are doing here uh, in fall camp because I think obviously the expectation has been. That you're going to see quite a few of these guys play, whether it's uh, mostly guys on defense or you know just guys that are going to play on special teams, because that's you know kind of how it goes in college football these days. Because to be honest, you really unless you're unless you're Alabama, you really don't redshirt very many guys anymore. So, um, so yeah, we just kind of wanted to get into where some things are at with some of these guys being uh, being only two and a half weeks out from the season starting. And uh, I, I guess first off. Uh, you know, I've obviously been out there at practice. And I've seen some of these guys, you know, get after it. And the two guys' names that keep coming up every single practice and, you know, Cliff isn't one to mince words or one to, you know, say something without, you know, much context when he says it. So, or, or I guess say something without much weight to it. So uh, the two guys, and he said on Monday afternoon that they're both going to play is, uh, you know, outside receiver TJ Vasher and then, uh, nose tackle or defensive tackle, wherever he ends up, uh, Joe Wallace. So uh, it's just it's interesting to me, man, because you know those are two of the guys that I actually got to see play last fall. And honestly, out of all the guys I got to see last last fall, and, and and I got to see you know eight, ten, twelve of these guys last year, I would say that they were two of the three probably most impressive guys I saw last year. Uh, so um, so yeah, I guess first from your perspective what's what do you kind of think about that and, and I know you you know a lot about both these guys recruitments and uh just your thoughts on both those guys kind of being you know the top 2 freshmen right now that everybody's kind of you know buzzing about
0: yeah i mean so is a kid that i only saw you know one day at camp and again it was just receiver camp, stuff yeah. and yeah and and uh, I remember him just living up to the billing, you know, that day. But but you got to see him in pads, and you got to to you know you got to cover that a lot more closely. So I'll take your word on it. Um, but I guess I guess where I'm going with that is is once the signing class was closed and everybody was signed and all that good stuff, uh, we kind of forgot about that for a couple of months. It wasn't top of mind, and then as these kids started to get on campus, I guess the storyline was more so about how loaded the team was at wide receiver mm-hmm. and how that might cause a guy like that to red shirt. Uh, right. but now thinking back to getting to know him and then your reports from those games, I mean, he's a kid that, that came here to play. So, um, you, you he might be just forcing the issue right now because I guess the assumption was, okay, Willie's is here for, you know, a solid year to two years and they're the same type of, you know, height. And you have but, Bill
1: Cantrell for two more, two more years. Because, correct. Yeah.
0: But there, there is, you know, regardless of classification and experience, I would say, you know, after seeing all three of those guys, there is definitely a difference in what – Vasher brings to the table only because of his athleticism and his background in basketball. The Willie's can win the jump balls; he can do that. But his specialty is that like, he doesn't use his height like that. He uses his height more to you know create separation right. and st- stretch the field in mismatches. I don't think that you'll see you know just a he's ton like of a jump balls jump thrown, ball thrown player. his way. Right? Yeah, he's never right. has been. Yeah. And then Cantrell, like he just. He catches a lot of things that come his way, but if we're being honest, you know all we know is you know some some highlights of what he did early in his career and then in, right now we're just waiting to see what he looks like back from injury right. so when you when you spell it all out and you look at it like that, it does make sense uh you know now that you see some of the reports that you've had from fall camp and just you know when we go back to talk, we just said it with Hackett. If you look across the field and you look around and you don't have another guy that's like that, well, then you want to utilize that. You want to maybe, you know, throw it, throw him into the offense and see what happens. And so I think that's what will happen with Vasher Again, um, if, if somebody steps up and they don't need that, then, then it would be nice to redshirt him. But then again, Yeah, I just I don't know. Like I I I hate to look at it as a commodity or as a number. uh, But look at it, part of the business. That's what I mean. Look at it right now. Yeah, I mean, like so earlier today, Carlos Strickland. You know, he commits. He you know says he's going to continue on at Kansas State. Well, he had originally committed to Tech. Then he flipped to Cal after all that you know stuff with Stidham. You know, so you're talking about a kid. I mean, you and I were talking earlier. I guess the 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 way I look at this, and again, it's just my thoughts rolling around in my head. But if Coach Jones, who was like Mr. Skyline and Mr. Dallas, and then obviously did his thing at saw, if he really wanted Strickland and had the spot, I don't think Kansas State would have given Tech a run for their money. No, I, I think it, it's, it's
1: no, I, I, and I just my one thing is I, I will say that yes, if if Tech wanted him, he would have ended up at Tech, and I'm about eighty five to ninety percent sure of that.
0: Right. But you can't, you don't, you can't hop in the time machine and say, okay, well, let's go back and let's, you know, fix this. The reason they're after a guy like Vasher is because they didn't get the Strickland. And so, you know, whether the height and weight all match up exactly experience, like we said out the window, you know, where they're at right now is where they're at right now. And I think that maybe in my opinion, I don't know exactly what happened, but I think they decided to pass. Because the, the the narrative doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I had a few messages with with Carlos, but nothing, you know, nothing too revealing. Mm-hmm. You know, but but his announcement said that he had a family member that was ill and he wanted to be close to home. Well, Manhattan, Kansas is not close not to home. Close to home yeah. So you know, there's that, and so that's why after I saw that, I immediately said, okay, well, there wasn't an opportunity with Tech because I know what I know about Coach Jones. And if he wanted to call Carlos and say, you know, bring it on, let's go, it would have happened. So, you know, we'll see. Um, But the only reason I bring that up is that, you know, these guys are either going to pan out or they're not, or another guy's going to come along that wants to come in and take their spot. So I I just think that competition and that uh, that's going to breed more success and and get the best out of some of these receivers. And, you know, that's, I guess that's why we show the most attention to it because the really good teams across the nation, they, have that depth and they have that competition I mean that's yeah, I mean it's unfortunate but but transfers and the whole coverage and what happens next that's becoming more and more of an intriguing thing you know around college football
1: yeah and it's, it's just gonna be part of it but uh but, but to go back to Vasher, I think and it's exactly what we talked about with Stanley Hackett where he has something that you don't have and that's a six foot five maybe even six foot six outside receiver with a 6'11 wingspan that is like like uh, jaw-droppingly athletic for a kid that is that big and and that's what you know all these guys that are his teammates and and pat you know and Mahomes included have all said that when you see a guy that's that big you know walk on the first day of campus you you think he's just going to be some big body that you try to get the ball to whenever he can kind of you know get a good matchup but they said they all just were you know so absolutely kind of blown away by how you know athletic he is how quick his feet are You know how he moves around for a guy that size, and that is just something that is such a uh, that is such a valued you know kind of deal in like I guess like we said a valued commodity in college football is to have guys that are like that because what is any corner under six foot three going to do against him you know seventy five percent of the time in a one on one matchup I mean there's I mean if he's you know if if he out leverages that corner he's going to win 75-80% of those matchups in one-on-one coverage. So I think that it's it's just one of those things where, and, and that'll honestly, that'll kind of be the question, whether on how much he plays and how little he plays, is how he yeah. kind of holds up against <laughs> press coverage and getting jammed and, and all those well, kind of things, you know.
0: And I think the important thing for somebody that's listening to this is, is, I mean, even back to last year, we're talking about, you know, okay, wow, you know, they've gotten Willie's to commit, they've gotten Vasher to commit. This is an element that the offense doesn't have. All due respect to 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 um uh, Cantrell, but he was out. We didn't know whether it when or if he would play again with back problems, right? So so you did not have that that right. taller receiver. So it's been something that we've talked about for a while. However, uh just kind of going back and And, looking at it again closely that's that's why if you if you think about it, we're not trying to make a big deal about this, but looking at the offense this is just an element of the offense, and it's an element that wasn't there last season, so it's very important to talk about because maybe this affects two or three plays of the actual game, but if one of them's a touchdown i mean that's that's a you know i mean that's a big deal, and that's what you bring with these taller guys is either the big right. play or the possession receptions where they can just go run that five or ten yard dig. And just you know, think about it. like Vasher will just box people out. I mean, that's what he well, I is. I saw
1: him. I saw him at practice on on Monday because he's running you know quite a bit with the second string receivers at, out at Z. And and just think about this: they 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 ran a screen for him and he caught it and he took three steps and went you know eleven yards exactly. Yeah. That's you know yeah. like because there's you just you just do not have guys that can do that on your roster.
0: Yeah, well, it'll definitely be interested, interesting to see, and and you know, for as much as we talk about the roster and all that, you know, I really do. I mean, I haven't had time to do it, and I kind of talked about it last week, but I really do want to do two things. I want to take a look at you know how long some of these core players have been on the team. You know, look at look at the youth, look at the 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 you know look at the starts, and and really just look at hey, you know. X percent of these players are Kingsbury players. You know, I think it's more than fair to say going into year four. You know, obviously we talked about today in the roundtable what the expectations and definitions for success are, and and I think those will all change throughout the season. Uh, but it's it's just an inter- interesting and exciting time for Tech because uh, you know you do have those expectations and you do see that uh, potential. And then right. you you can only see that kind of getting better and growing together as you get some of those pieces in because it allows you to recruit better it allows you to add depth where you didn't have depth mm-hmm. before when so you're hitting on some of these players and bringing them in right. it allows you to be, be more selective and and you know purposely go after certain prospects
1: and and, and think about this and, and and I wrote about this in you know in, in my you know wanderings column for the week and I wrote about this today where. Just go look back at the first roster that Kingsbury and these guys had back in 2013 as compared to the roster they have today. And if you really put them side by side, it is a night and day completely different deal. Where that 2013 roster, you had like a handful of guys that you would call like, you know, Big 12, like, you know, big, like good Big 12 starters. And then other than that, it was kind of a no-man's land of, of guys that either weren't going to contribute or guys that started out a necessity. I mean, that 2013 class, you started five offensive linemen and basically had no one else behind them, and, and you were terrified all year that one of those guys would get hurt and uh, you wouldn't have any room. You started two true freshman quarterback. You didn't have any second-string receivers other than Jordan Davis. Uh, like it was, it, it was. I mean, Jackson Richards started at defensive tackle for you as a guy who was a six-three, two hundred and seventy-five pound defensive end. And, and now you look at the roster, and you have six. Def- it's five or six defensive linemen that weigh over three hundred pounds. You have a two deep on the on the offensive line. You have what some people will say is the deepest receiver rotation you've had in maybe a decade. Like probably pretty close to that. Uh, you, you feel good about quarterback position. You feel good about all the freshmen you brought in on defense. So, I think more than anything, the, the, the sign that I see is there is just so much more competition and on this roster from top to bottom. And, and from being at practice, I will just tell you that it's like a vastly different deal than it has been in the past. Because I'm telling you right now, practices are competitive. Like guys get after one another. Uh, on the offense, defense, everywhere, and, and that's the sign of that you're getting better as a football program, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that's what I meant. Is yeah. if you're if you if you know that you're coming in and and it's no BS, you have a shot to earn some playing time. Well, you know, I know everybody's close. I know everybody's buddies, but at the end of the day. You know these guys are trying to get on the football field, and it's a it's a competitive game. So anyway, not to not to beat that right, dead horse, right, but right. I, you know, I guess you know to take a step back and to kind of wrap it up. Obviously, we spent some time on Vasher, and we talked about you know the why. Um the the I know you were going to talk about another person on the D line but the the one person I mean the no brainer for me ever since I went and and met him and and watched uh watched the game is Jordan Brooks. I mean I know he's very soft spoken. And that's the word.
1: The word is yeah, yeah he's going to play. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, and it's, he's he's already come in and already gained weight. Um, he's he is what you want in a linebacker. I mean he's got he's off the field. He's like so mild mannered and barely says a word on the field. I mean, he is a leader. He's vocal out there. And and I think that he, you know, you're going to have a Mike linebacker alongside of Hinton, you know, for years to come and not, and we haven't even mentioned any of the other backers, but in terms of guys that, I am for sure that are going to have their name called this season. It's uh, Jordan Brooks, and if he can and he stay looks healthy, like a yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and if he can stay healthy and just kind of learn the defense and learn, you know, because again, look, as big as he is and as much potential as he is, the game is faster. You know, he's going to get up against an Arizona State or something like that, and and he's going to look silly on some plays. There's no doubt about or against
1: it against a guy like Samaj P. Ryan or a guy, <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: Well, who knows, man? I mean, I don't think you've had a linebacker built like Brooks before. No, you but, but, I, but I know exactly what you mean. Uh but yeah, he's he's gonna have some some freshman moments, if you will. But uh but but on the whole, you know, that's my guy on defense that uh, you know fans are gonna really like as an addition to this team.
1: For sure, for sure. And and from everything I've heard and and haven't really asked the coaches a ton about him, but but everything I've heard is that Jordan has been awesome and he has already, you know, solidified himself. You know, as as for, for, for right now, as one of those backup linebackers, and I think that's just because there's so many older guys. Or, or there's You know, there's three older guys in front of him right now. But we'll see kind of as the year goes along and, and how he keeps to develop. But he's definitely a guy that's going to be in the rotation. And to be honest, it sounds like John Picone and Braden Stringer are all going to play. So... I think that just says what you did with linebacker recruiting, that all those guys are legitimately going to play. Even a guy like Stringer, who I know you, you got to see him some, man. I think was pretty under-recruited and is a guy that, and I think something that makes sense, but they just talk about him as a guy that's played linebacker his entire life, and you just don't see that a lot anymore from high school football players.
0: Well, I know what you meant. I think under recruited is the wrong term. I think that shoulder injury just put him off schedule. Yeah, that's he all. He had eighteen offers. You know, big kid. Uh, that's a kid that uh, he's that, like a six four uh, kid. Yeah. Well, he turns into he's a nice kid he's off the field, yeah. but he turns into like a s talking. You know, crazy yeah. man. Out of it. No, I'm serious. I mean, that's it's the that's, same that's thing him. with
1: John Picconi. That's what all the guys uh, say about him too. Yeah.
0: But I just think that shoulder injury, you know, it, it kept him from adding pounds and doing the things that he probably wanted to do developmentally before getting on campus. But as long as he's healthy and in the program, I'd expect a red shirt from him unless things got dire uh, because I think just with his frame and, and the ability to, to maybe see what he can do in a year in the weight room, you know, you could use him in a lot of different ways.
1: Yeah, and he's one of those kids that it's it's similar to Houston Miller, but Houston Miller, is our, our, I mean, from what you've seen, he's kind of already put on the weight. But, I, you know, he's one of those guys that, that kind of like Lonzel Gilmore last year, he just has, like, can scratches, you know, shins and has just built like that. You know, one of those kind of kids. Um, just kind of wide and, and built like that. But, uh, but yeah, you know, speaking of him, I guess moved to the defensive line. And, and those are the two kids that, that we've heard most about the defensive line. First, uh, I heard a lot about Houston and, and, and the fact that, you know, he's probably going to play and uh, has really, you know... His motor is the thing that's impressed guys the most, and the fact that you know he's come in and put on a bunch of the weight they already wanted him to and I've seen him out of practice and he looks the part of any of those other defensive ends and looks like he should be there, so I think you're excited about him, but the guy that's made the most noise uh on the defensive line is joe wallace man and 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 I know we've talked about him a lot and and just so funny to talk about it but He's just a guy you see him and you're like, man, he's a big kid, but he's, you know, he's kind of undersized as far as height-wise, he's kind of undersized. You don't know what you're going to get from him. But then he gets down in his stance, man, and he just gets after people and uh-huh. uh, sounds like that's exactly what he's done in fall camp and and talked about him as a pass rusher and as a guy in the run and uh, he just has gotten after guys and I think this coaching staff is really excited about him and uh, and I know like I said we talked about him a lot, but I know you're excited about him too.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's another kid we talked about last week. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of these that we're talking about it are are due to, you know, either they're a physical specimen that that wasn't there on the roster before. So you think the coaches are going to tinker with that and try it out a little bit. I mean, I guess with some of these positions, you know, the depth and, you know, just numbers are needed. So that's how you're going to hear about some of these kids. But Joe Wallace, I think, was one of the kids in the state that was, Overlooked for a number of reasons, most of all, him being just not your prototypical defensive tackle. Right. But I would argue, and I think we may have said something similar last week, I would argue if you looked around the NFL, and, and yes, obviously, prototypical size is prototypical size for a reason, but a lot of these guys that are like crazy successful or just staples of their defense, they're not that typical size. You know, they're guys, guys, they're not that the physical
1: are, freaks a lot of the time.
0: Exactly. Yeah. They're guys that have 10-year careers in the NFL. And I'm not saying that's going to be Josh, Joe Wallace, but I'm telling you, if you looked at him, if you guys went to, if you're in Lubbock and you went to Chimney's for nachos and Joe Wallace was behind you, I don't think you would say, hey, that dude probably plays football. Nope, you wouldn't. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and and then if you even saw him in pads and all that, you wouldn't say, oh, man, well, that's going to be you know one of our guys. But he just has this crazy athleticism to him, and I swear he He's going to flash against like SFA or, or La Tech or one of these teams that's not expecting it. And he's going to hit them with that that quickness off the line. And and I just think he's, he's he brings versatility and he, he's going to be able to play a couple of spots on the line. So I, I feel like the coaches are going to use him early. Right. And he's just going to continue earning some more playing time throughout the season as it goes along.
1: And, and and that's been the thing too. I think talking to some of these offensive linemen, uh, whenever you kind of ask them about you know these freshman defensive linemen, or even talking to you know Kevin Patrick or Cliff Kingsbury, you know all all of these guys have said the same thing about him that that first his motor just he just never stops and he just gets after guys, and second his first step off the line is just like it will blow you away how fast he gets off the line as soon as you tell him to go. And uh, I, I think that's been his biggest thing, is is and that was the thing Cliff mentioned was, you know, his quick twitch and his explosiveness off the line. There just isn't another guy on the defensive line as far as freshmen like that. So I think that's really good. It's going to pay dividends for him. And and the thing that will be interesting with a guy like that, because I think obviously he's a guy that's not going to start for you but going to be uh, depth for you, and, and and being a guy that is that, you know, he may only come in You know, especially, you know, in the the second quarter of a game or the third quarter of a game, he may only come in and play, you know, four snaps at a time, but when he does it, I think, like you said, that that'll be the thing that that people won't know anything about him, you know, being a guy that's a true freshman, especially, I think, in the first, you know, half of the season. And he'll be a guy that'll come in, and I think guys will be, um, you know, surprised by his quickness. And that's what, you know, all these interior offensive linemen have said is that you just don't expect him to do that whenever you snap the ball.
0: No. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and, and that's kind of why I wrote what I did about the 2015 class is that, you know, every year this is going to come up and and we're going to talk about the guys who may contribute. And then, you know, obviously afterwards, we're going to look at the guys who, who started playing more and more as the year progressed. So, um, It'll be very interesting to see and, and like I touched on earlier, if you can find those guys that, you know, okay, we, we we feel like we've we've hit on a guy like a Hinton and he's gonna be a linebacker in our defense for the next three years or you know, obviously we've hit on Fajoko. he's gonna be a D tackle, but you know, keep keep finding guys like that that are making a, 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 you know, that are holding down a position on your team and, and that are that are good at that position right and and then you can continue uh, continue recruiting to that depth and adding other starters as you go along in each class so anyway it'll be interesting to see but i guess with that being said you know before we wrap it up on the uh on that type of stuff you know i'm curious to see maybe it's a, a an odd you know an odd question but looking at this current 2017 class you know let's fast forward a year who are we talking about Uh, obviously we know that there's some of these guys that are moving in early in uh in january but who are we talking about next year um and and who is uh you know who are the freshmen that are flashing in fall camp
1: man that's that's an interesting question and and like you said there's a number of guys that are going to move in early and it looks like i think five out of six of your offense it's, it's either four out of five or five out of six the guys you have committed on offensive line are all set to come in early which if you get that to happen, I think if you're Lee Hayes, you sleep real good at night come January 2nd because you know you're going to have um, you know basically an entire second and third string full of guys that while they'll all be true freshmen, you know they're going to be guys that I think you still feel good about because they're, they're going to be in the program for eight months at that point and, and, and you just feel good about that depth and I think how talented all this, this big group of freshmen is going to be. Uh, uh, that you Well, and I think
0: you know what get lo- what gets lost from it's like it's weird. I mean, we cover it, so we're 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 in it every day. But even with me being in Houston, you being in Lubbock, like you're at fall camp, and you're like these guys physically look like they belong. Well, I mean, if you just look at the guys we're talking about right now, these offensive linemen. All of them are six five or six six, and all of them are like two hundred ninety plus pounds. So even if you just looked at the official roster, most of these guys are already at where a Terrence Steele is at physically. You know, it's just no, they it's have to be come an in. Impressive group, yeah, yeah, they have to come in and put it together. But when you're coming in in January, and if Wit is everything that that everybody says he is, you know, think about what he can do, the guys. I'm looking at is I'm looking at Anderson. Obviously, and I'm looking at Hawker, both coming in early, and then I'm looking at Adam Beck because I've watched him play a couple times, and that guy is just the truth. Um, Those three, I think, will absolutely be talked about next year uh, as guys that can play right away.
1: I think Adam's the other good pick. The other guy I would pick out of that DB's group right now would be uh, Cameron Curl, the kid out of Oklahoma. Because I've seen, watch his film, and I think he is a crazy athletic kid and a big kid. And I know some guys that were at that that Oklahoma camp where he came and visited and hung out with the staff. And I know that that I, and I just know from from the staff after seeing him in person that they felt real good about him because I think he's every bit a six two six three and and you know a physical specimen as far as what they want as DBs. And I think he's a kid that'll get a chance to play early and and that'll be interesting about all those DBs next year too. Is because uh, I believe you lose four. It's four or five of these guys out of the, that are currently on this roster as far as DBs, are going to graduate after this year, and you graduate three or four more next year. So a lot of these guys are going to get a chance to play early, You know, including the guys obviously already have on campus. But, uh, but I well, think... Well, and
0: then you yeah. look at the unknowns. Like, look at what we found out about Fields this week. You know, we knew... We knew that there was something there, but now he's out for the year, and that doesn't mean that he won't become a player for this program down the line. But you just look at that in a vacuum when you're looking at you know potential or coming in as freshman, all that. You just never know. I mean, you never we do, could yeah. be, we could be. I don't wish this on anybody, but of those, all those names that we've mentioned, one of those guys could come in with a busted shoulder or whatever else, and you know then they're just you know they're out and they're not in fall camp, and they're not doing these things. So and then they don't get know, to go never through, know.
1: and then they don't get to go through the fall because they have surgery you know so you kind of sure. miss a whole development cycle you know there yeah really.
0: well anyway i just wanted to ask you to throw yeah. it out there i mean i think but but that's you know ultimately when you look at that and you answer the question and you look at the recruiting class so far obviously we've covered the class we've counted the offers the numbers etc i mean there are areas obviously defensive line linebacker that a lot of people want to see addressed but in terms of needs o-line defensive back You got (laughs) them. You You feel good about that, especially the guys four coming in early. Um, And then whoever else you decide to add. I mean, I know one of the top targets, Dimitri Moore, he's an early grad. I know John Davis is trying to graduate early. So, you know, that's that's a big game changer when you get those guys in early and you get them acclimated and ready to go.
1: And the thing, too, at this point is, um, and, and, and you know, we talked about it earlier, too, is whenever you start getting the roster depth that you have now – and you start bringing in those guys, you just you just kind of start stacking it up. And whenever you start bringing in more of those guys early, you, you just feel, I think, whenever you look at that roster come you know, January 10th, if you kind of get some of the guys you hope and all those guys make it in early, I think you've got to feel really good about where you're sitting for 2017 and 2018, don't you? As far as the actual on-the-field results
0: well definitely well and and for me I'm a recruiting guy you know this uh, everything correlates i mean if you talk about like think about some of the conversation that was being had in the round table today I, I know it's a big if and a lot of people you know feel one way or another about it but let's say we're having this conversation next year and mahomes decides to come back for a senior season the team wins 8 games plus a bowl game you know they do some good things knock off you know a big oh, opponent Whatever this year, is whatever. What I'm saying. This year yeah. right but but Pat decides to come back. I mean, that I don't know. I, I feel like I
1: would say that would be a ten win team. You would be expected to win ten games.
0: Yeah, you? Well, but but I feel like I feel like that would just be a huge swing in momentum for recruiting program, wise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I was thinking about that earlier. Like these these twenty. Like I'll be honest. These I don't know. Other, obviously, I got to know Stanley today, and we'll continue to build a relationship. But those two twenty eighteen guys. Not on my radar. Wasn't expecting anything. I don't think anybody was, but I, that got me to thinking over this past week. Okay, who who is that guy that's out there? You know, I was fortunate to meet Jack Anderson as a young kid at a rivals camp, Same and, yep. and 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 you know that's the story there. However, who is the kid that's out there? That's uh, you know, who who is. Who's the kid that's a Jack Anderson that's a big fan of tech? You know, who's the Adam Beck that holds an offer from tech? And maybe it means more to him than we thought it does at the moment, right? I mean, there's there's all those things that are out there that just haven't played themselves out just yet. And, you know, with 2018, it's just so far away. And recruiting is being covered and covered more earlier and earlier, you know, every year that, you know, me personally, I don't know. I guess I just tune it out and I don't you know, put that much value into these early commitments. Um, But you've got two of them and, you know, it should go one or two ways. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but we'll see how it shakes out. I just, I guess for anyone listening, if you've made it this far, thanks, but don't, don't put too much stock into that stuff. You know, it's like, you know, I have little brothers and I remember, you know, when they're younger and you're just trying to figure out what are they thinking You know, this is stupid or whatever else. We're all stupid at some young age, you know. And so, you know, I don't fault kids for doing a top 10, top 6, top 3, you know, whatever you want to do. Because this recruiting thing, for as much as people want to, you know, throw an opinion around or or criticize, I mean, it can't be easy. You know, and and especially most of these kids don't have a lot of direction either which way. But the good news is, is you've got a commitment now. And it allows you to, you know, it allows you to to work your board a little bit. I think there's a lot of talent in 2018 at receiver. And who knows what the coaches are going to do from a numbers standpoint. We haven't even gotten that far to even take a look at that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, my next thing that I want to do is I want to look at, hey, who's that higher ranked Jack Anderson type guy that could be the bell cow for 2018? And obviously you have that in Hackett. So maybe that answers my question there. Uh, But. You know, overall, we'll look at some other options, but then also, you know, who's who's the quarterback? Because uh, you know, Kingsbury, over these past couple of years, has tended to offer three to five guys at once, or over the you know course of a, a two to a three month period, and you know, whoever jumps on board obviously is their guy. Right. Uh, but I, I think he is a very good evaluator of, of talent at that position. So. You know that's something and, that we'll take a closer look at,
1: and I think as far as how he evaluates the position and how he how and and how he kind of coaches guys, you could pretty well make the argument, especially depending on the year that pat has, but if Pat has a really big year, you could make the argument that he's probably the best quarterback coach in the country and and a valid argument you know what I'm saying,
0: yeah no I, I mean I agree with you i mean you look at i think uh that might have even been tech they put a gra- they put a graphic out that was like who's next or whatever, right. and it had all the quarterbacks that Kingsbury has coached and
1: it's an impressive list it's an impressive list of guys that he has and i mean you go th- i mean think about this there are four guys that he has been in his position room when you think back to a and m with Matt Davis Baker mayfield, Davis Webb, and Pat Mahomes. he has four guys that he coached at one point starting at quarterback for somewhere <laughs> in in college football. Had Johnny Manziel, had Case Keenum. I, I mean, it is just a litany of guys that are all either producing or have produced in the past. So it, it's just so impressive. And I mean, I mean, he had Jamil Showers too in that room at one point, and, and he's a guy that's you know still playing in the NFL. So yeah. it's just it's just it's so interesting to see. And and it, I just think it, at some point, and I think it really depends on kind of the year that Pat has. I think he'll hit on one of these top you know, 25, top 50 quarterbacks in the country. Because at some point, some kid's going to see what Cliff's been doing. And, and, I mean, that's just kind of been the off-season deal when people have talked to Cliff, you know, national media-wise, you know, just talking about how good of a quarterback coach he is.
0: Well, I mean, just think of – I don't know. Think of the Manziel effect, right? I mean, when it was, when it was cool, it was cool because he was a first round draft pick, former Heisman. Yeah, he had the knucklehead stuff, but it was cool because he credited, yeah, yeah, he credited Cliff with a lot of that. Well, now that he's, you know, strung out and all this other stuff, we don't want people to keep asking about Manziel. I only mention that because if, if Mahomes lives up to all the things and the, the hype and the expectations that we have for him, you know, as the Texas Tech quarterback. There will be a Mahomes effect. There will be a kid right now that's in high school that's watching Mahomes, and there is right now. I know that for a fact. And you know, the, the 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 I just think that he fits West Texas and Texas Tech, you know, so well because as I talked about, you know, on our last podcast, he's still that same kid. You know, he's he's not. You don't get that right. vibe from him. That yeah, there's a lot of people. He doesn't talk think he's too me. big. No, he no, no, not at all. So I mean, again, you know. Can they find another, you know, Pat? No, you know, but, but I feel very comfortable when it comes to recruiting. And and that's why I mention it with quarterbacks is that they do have those four offers out right now in the 2018 class. One of the kids is committed to Oregon, but there are three other targets. And uh, I think it's really going to come down to the kid out of Denton, uh, Spencer Saunders, and then the kid out of Waco uh, Midway, uh, Tanner Mordecai. And, and I, I believe that, uh, I believe that that you mentioned Tanner Mordecai is probably the top target for the time being. That's just my guess uh,
1: right now. Yeah, I would right. Guess. But
0: but you can't really go wrong with either of those two guys, in my opinion. And and I think that um I think that another good season with with that amount of production. And let's face it, with the the fact that you know Browse is out at Baylor, you know it just eliminates another, I guess. Another hurdle in in recruiting some of these guys, right? There's less competition. You look around and and you look around the state. I mean, uh, obviously Cliff and the guys can't have a a losing season. They can't do that. Right, right. right. But but he's not on the hot seat as much as a guy like a Strong or a Sumlin might be right now. That's going
1: to be my next point, yeah. Yeah, so –
0: so when kids look at that long term, I mean, I don't know. In my opinion, I love Jet to death. I love, you know, the other guys that are there. I love Xavier Martin. But you can't tell me if you're a quarterback prospect that you don't think you could come in and compete. I mean, all these kids, it doesn't matter where your offers from. You're going to have to go in and compete. It doesn't matter. Then they're going to find another guy, another guy, another guy. These guys don't think like we do on a recruiting no. website. You know, it's a different world to them.
1: It absolutely is, and, and like I said, that's the, the most interesting deal to me is 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 just that whenever you see the situations at Baylor, when you see the situations at A and M in Texas, I think if you're, if you're Cliff, what and really just as tech in general, if things go well for you and don't go well for those schools, you could make a big jump as far as with some of these kids, these quarterbacks around the state and around the uh, and around the country, as far as you know. Uh, if you know, as far as if you're in the state of Texas, you know where do you want to play quarterback at? And I think that if 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 see, the year doesn't go well at A and M, which I think that they're probably only going to win seven or eight games a year again. If the thing doesn't go well at Texas, probably think they're only going to win seven or eight games, maybe fewer than that. You really could be in a position to where if you want eight or nine games, where you look like you're on the up and up, and everybody else is on the down.
0: Yeah. I mean it just depends. I mean obviously there's so much time left in 2018. Um but I think the icing on the cake would be let's say th- let's say it goes the other direction and let's say Mahomes does excellent, the team does excellent. He goes off to the NFL. Well, Depending on who comes in after that or what they do, I mean, let's say a jet comes in and he starts tearing it up. Obviously, that could be a good and a bad thing because of the youth. The have but to yeah, with that. Yeah. But I just think it's just going to continue to show that. Look, this Kingsbury guy knows what he's doing. Um, you know, you might want to you know heavily consider this offer and so i think it'll happen i just think it has to be the perfect storm i mean as we talk on this podcast there's so many variables that happen there's so many things that occur we talk about transfers we talk about this we talk about that you know it happens to tech as well you know there are kids that that end up you know not panning out their kids that either move positions or, you know, they decide to transfer elsewhere for playing time. It's going to happen to tech as well. I don't think it'll happen at the quarterback position because they've done so much work to, to, to make sure that they're fortifying that role, whether it be, you know, bringing in a transfer guy, uh, or, or, you know, just getting consistent, uh, You know, recruitment from the high school level. You know, we'll see. But you know, going into this season, I mean, you you kind of harked back to 2013. I mean, it's crazy which true freshman quarterback is going to start, right? I mean, so at least you're not living those days anymore.
1: That was and and think and just as a kind of off the wild wild reservation kind of deal. If you think back to that year and what that offense did that year, I know they weren't great, but. And I wrote it today, man, I think Cliff and Eric Morris and, and, and Sonny Cumbie and all those guys on that staff should get a gold star for what they did that year because you were still, you know, pretty productive and you had a really good offense, and you did it with a two true freshmen that were in and out of the lineup, uh, an offensive line that was basically five deep, and at receiver you basically had th- three, four guys that could play for you, and that was it, and you made, you know, one of the top – Offenses in the in the you know big 12 again so um so yeah but but uh but but yeah just gonna be excited to see where things obviously go this fall and uh got it all out in front of us so here comes the season and that's all the time we got uh for the podcast tonight got anything else you would uh like to hit on or riff on before we close this thing out
0: Oh man, go Rangers! I just saw how they won the game tonight. It's pretty Absolutely, sweet.
1: Absolutely, man. Keep on winning, baby. But uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks so much for listening, guys. This is the Victory Bells Podcast once again. I'm Will. He's Matt. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. See ya. Yeah.